Hello out there, all you pet heads. Thank you once more for pressing play on Rock, a Petrospective. I'm Lindsay Hall. And I'm Dave Hall. And it's been great to get back into the swing of doing the Petrospective, Dave. I don't know. Did you feel a little rusty last time around getting back into this whole whole bit? It's like anything. You, you when you're exercising, when you're utilizing your gifts and your 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 abilities, you you feel it find it a lot easier. So when you've had a big break, it does feel a little bit like you've got to get moving again. Um, and and that's probably what it felt like for me last time. We were just getting moving again. But gee, we've been we've been blown away by the feedback we've got. Um, on our last episode on No Doubt, we're so grateful to all you listeners and the feedback that you're giving us. And uh, yeah, we just we've been totally um, totally astounded by just the type of feedback we've got for that last episode. So thank you everyone for your listening time. Thank you for your feedback, and we hope that you continue to listen to each episode as we move forward. And if you're just joining us for the first time now, and you're wondering what this whole retrospective business is about. Well, let me clarify for you that this is a podcast and it's a podcast about a discography, one discography in particular, that of the legendary rock band Petra. And we have been working our way through each album in its turn. I and my intrepid brother, David, we're both from Australia. We're not even Americans. So, but we, we, we have adored this band. We've loved this band and we have loved you, the community that has kind of built up around us here. Um, and thank you for being so welcoming after our break and just getting ready to get back into the swing once again. And I would like to say thank you, especially uh, that you all restrained yourselves quite well. And there weren't really too many jokes made about mixing up our review from last week with Gwen Stefani's band. That was you, you restrained yourselves really, really well. I admire it, all of you. For the one or two of you out there who, who couldn't help yourselves and had to throw in, you know, those, those jokes about not speaking or, uh, or anything like that, well, look, someone had to do it and we appreciate that you went there. But um, I, I was surprised. I don't know about you, Dave, but it, it really does seem to me that there was quite a genuine swell <laughs> of, of people who, who stood up to say, no doubt is one of my favorites, one of my favorite Petra albums. Certainly I, what a lot of people were saying, it was the favorite of the nineties output that Petra did. Hmm. That's, that's a pretty, that's a pretty big deal. I feel right there. Like, it is. Then look, I I, I, um, I made it very clear last time. Well, I, it's an album I really enjoy um, and we're not in any way. And this is what we love about this community is that everyone has their favourites and what we think are great albums or our favourite albums may not be the same as everyone that's listening. And that's what is so awesome is that everyone has what works for them. Everyone has what is... Um, what has always ministered to their spirit and, um, and yeah, everyone brings it to the table. Um, and again, obviously we, 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 when we do our album rankings and we've had some feedback on the album rankings, but our album rankings are not necessarily our personal favorites either. Lindsay and I have both been very clear that there are some songs, there are some albums that we personally enjoy a lot 
and would personally have ranked near the very top, yet in the course of these conversations, in the course of the discussions that we have about the albums, they end up with maybe a lower ranking than we might personally have. And that, that's great, but, you know, we appreciate it. It's, it's good. And, and I like, like we come back to that point. Everyone has their favourites and it has been very clear to us that our last album that we recovered, no doubt, is a favourite for a lot of people. As, as much as anything, I think one of the notable themes of, when discussing No Doubt is change. Um, and it certainly seems that No Doubt represented more notable change than the band had ever had before in its history. Members had changed in the band's history, but but for No Doubt, it was a much bigger deal Um with Bob obviously taking a step back. And just to clarify and reiterate, because there's been some confusion in some of the conversations that have gone on, but he he was not absent from the band. He recorded the album, but he was absent from promotions and from touring. Um, and he was clearly trying to make space for some new blood in the band. Um, it was... Wow. Oh, I might be about to get this wrong. Was it Jim Cooper's first time at the wheel? Yeah, it was Jim Cooper's first yes. time uh, recording. Yeah, he he joined the band late during the um, uh, Wake Up Call tour, but um, that had all been recorded by John Lowry. So Jim Cooper joined towards the end of that tour and recorded for the first time on No Doubt. But um, it's it's not it, it's not the end of the changes because as we move into our our, our conversations tonight, we're going to see more changes happening. Mm, mm, yes, in a in a major way. Um, somewhere in the transition time between uh, no doubt and the album we're discussing tonight, uh, our our longtime friend, our man of the amazing mullet, and uh, and the Akubra hat, which he loved so dearly. And the dearly. high energy. And the high energy. And the high on stage energy, yes. Um, Ronnie Cates uh, says, my, this, is, this is my season and it's done. Um, now, why does that feel like that? I mean, it, this is what to me feels more like, you know, the end of the the dream team and and that's and that's a, a harsh thing to say because um you know john lowry had stepped out a, a couple of albums ago but for some reason for me ronnie kate stepping back really seems like a like a bigger transition for the band it's um yeah look i for me it's it's this period. Um, I think Ronnie brought such an energy and um, and a real feel to the band, and he'd been there for so long. And I guess he was the last tie to, yeah. You know, he was he was that tie to the dream team they'd had. Bob had made the decision to stop touring, and that that became known. John Lowry had left, and Jim Cooper was still there were elements to the way he played and, the, and he had that association because he'd been John Lowry's uh, keyboard technician that maybe it didn't feel like as big a change. And we certainly heard last during the no doubt that 
Jim Cooper brought a lot of very good elements to it. But I think Ronnie's leaving on top so soon after those two changes, I think it, it, it sort of was like that's the final the final straw in terms of the way things were being viewed for the dream team. It was like, uh, Bob recorded, he's not so touring, but he recorded and John Lowry left, but we still had a link to John, but then Ronnie's gone as well. And it really mm. felt like, Hey, it's, it, it's, it's moving in, in, in a different direction. Mm. You know? I suppose just mathematically, you know, with this change, there are now more new members than members from the Beyond Belief, you know, lineup of the band. Like we got three, three new guys. Well, actually, so I'm I'm a little confused about this. Looking through the credits here, so I we're going to we're going to we're gonna have to clarify. Should, Maybe we should talk about what album we're talking about. Okay, well, okay, well, take it away, Dave. What are we talking about tonight? <laughs> we we are up to um, the second effort of the band in entering the praise and worship genre. And that is of course, Petra praise Two, subtitled. We need Jesus released in 1997. Um, we detailed last time we looked at Petra praise, the rock cries out. We detailed quite heavily the, the role Petra played in terms of ushering in a worship genre into contemporary Christian music. It hadn't been done before mm-hmm. this time around. And we talked a lot about, about where this album Petra praise Two, actually sits because we said Petra praise the rock cries out was very unique. It was groundbreaking. And we noted then that in 1997, you are slap bang in the middle of a lot of bands and a lot of contemporary Christian artists starting to release worship albums I mean, 1995 is when Delirious came to the forefront of Christian music, and they were they were based on that. They while they were you know a rock band, they were producing music that they looked at as worship music most of the time. <coughs> this is the time period that Rebecca St James released her album Third Day, are releasing worship albums. We're a couple of years away from Michael W. Smith and. Lots of others releasing their worship albums, and of well, course, this is the time that Hillsong were really at the at the forefront of the Christian music industry. Well, Hillsong Hillsong Publishing has has become by this point uh, Australia's biggest exporter of music, um, uh, and that remains true to this day. And I think that's a remarkable reflection on our the industry, the music industry in general in Australia. But certainly by this point, Hillsong is is bringing out an album every year uh, and it's going on to set the tone for, you know, what a lot of churches are using. There's another thing, though, Dave, that I I feel interesting to point out because it's a band that was quite formative to me personally uh, in, in me growing as a bit of a musician. And 97 is the year that Sonic Flood, Uh, begins now their album isn't released for another couple of years but sonic's flood beginning they they had been a different band before that but 97 was when they they were signed up to a group that was touring them um to a yeah to a to a producer that that was taking them on tour they were branded as sonic flood it was they were getting a name they were getting this huge name as all we do is is praise and worship music 
Like we 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 had been, you know, they they had started off just throwing a few praise and worship songs in their general sets, but they, you know, you, you listen to them on the album and they say, we found that God was really blessing. The Holy Spirit was really moving during those moments in our shows. So we just start, started saying, let's just do that. And it felt like for a period that certainly when the albums came out, there was this period of one to two years, everybody was listening to Sonic Flight and everybody every church that I went to was trying to emulate the sound that they, that they were mm. playing with their arrangements and their versions of songs. Mm. So it's, it's in the zeitgeist at the time in contemporary Christian music, being a well, band the other, does praise and worship. It's, it's, it's prevalent. It's, it's big. the thing. Oh, the other, the other rising person at this time is Chris Tomlin. This is 97, course, 98 yes. is when Chris yes. Tomlin really started to, move to the forefront of, of, of Christian music and he is a worship leader. So, yeah, we, we bring that all together. Like you're saying, this is the time that the Christian music industry is really moving quite heavily and quite quickly into a worship music genre. Um, that's what's being released. They're the sorts of stuff that, that, that's coming out. And Petra, pray, Petra, Petra for, this, for this album on their journey, um, for whatever reason, they've made the decision. They they came to a decision that it was going to be another worship album. That decision on its own um, had some ramifications in the band. Um, and, and we come back to our conversation about changes. Um, when we interviewed both Bob Hartman and John Schlitt um, last year, and if you haven't listened to those, I encourage you to go back and listen to those interviews. But when we interviewed them, they were both very clear in saying that um, – yeah, following the No Doubt tour and before Petra Praise was recorded, the decision was made to part ways with Jim Cooper and David Lichens. And John actually made it very clear that part of it was a stylistic and a direction decision. Um, and, and Bob, you know, it, it's been, you know, one of those, um, one of the reasons tied in with that. We don't know the full story, but one of the reasons tied in with that is that there was... It, it, yeah, the idea of moving into this second worship album um, didn't um, was not a you know fully embraced by everyone, and so we we come to a, a, a another <coughs> another band change. Um, guitarist David Lichens, who didn't record last time, is gone. Jim Cooper is gone, and as we said, Ronnie Cates had left. So it's this this big turnaround, and we welcome in some well. We welcome back for the recording side of things. Bob Hartman still recording, um, mm -hmm. and um, and we'll probably talk more about this later. But I wonder if part of that is associated with David Lichens' decision to the decision for David Lichens to be moved on from the band. Um, that maybe Bob they sort of went on. Oh, well, Bob maybe Bob was going to do some involvement, but maybe not be at the forefront of the recording. Um, and David Lichens was let go. And the funny thing is he's still credited on the album. He's, as, he is. As, as is, a member of the band. Which yet is where Bob some of the confusion John, comes in. <laughs> yeah. But yet Bob and John have both very distinctly told us in their interviews that David had been let go before Petra Praise was um, recorded. So mm. I found that interesting. Um, 
Jim Cooper's gone. They don't replace him. And we welcome to the band someone who will be with us for a few albums. And it's a bass player by the name of Lonnie Chapin. Um, and Lonnie, uh, Lonnie's involvement in the band actually uh, came in through some involvement he had in working with Whiteheart. And a joint tour that Whiteheart did with Petra, Lonnie was on the um, on the crew for Whiteheart and the setup crew was doing bass work and all that and was heard. He, his practices, his, his sort of sound checks and stuff on behalf of Whiteheart were heard during the tour and Petra came to him and offered him a position as bass player. What what is it, by the way, with Whiteheart and that kind of story? Because it's just the same story of how they got their lead singer. Their roadie was doing a sound check and they said, oh, he can lead sing in the band now. And now they've got like their road guys who are doing, you know, doing bass and getting assigned to other bands. I mean, how many more stories like this are there? It's, it, oh, it, it well, seems, well, I guess we've got to wait and see. Uh, yeah. Well, um, so looking at the list here, I mean, interesting, yeah, you say Dave Lichens is, is credited, though we know that he really didn't have a whole lot of involvement. Interestingly, Jim Cooper is not, didn't play on the album, but obviously there couldn't be too much of, 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 uh, of hard feelings there because he, he did contribute a song or a co-written song mm. to, to the album. And he was obviously happy to allow the band to, to record that. But Dave, I'm, I'm looking at this list here. And I'm, there are six guest musicians who were brought in for the recording of this album. And that's not counting the additional five extra vocalists that, that contributed to the, to the harmonies on this piece. This was, this must've been a confusing production for the team who oh, were recording. Well, I think, I think tied in there, there, there is, as you listen through the album, there are, there's a lot of keyboard work and without a, without a frontline mm. keyboard player anymore, they were probably bringing in a couple of guys to help with, with those sorts of sounds and, and, and it's a big loss. The, the, the movement, I mean, John Larry was keyboards and programming and Jim Cooper sort of adopted a similar role. So to lose that foundation from the band, a foundation that they've had going all the way back to never say die, that keyboard and programming sound that John slick brought in originally. um, It's been such a foundation of their sound for so many albums. Now it would have been a, it would have created a, a hole that they were used to working with in a certain way and no longer had. And so probably bringing in a few different guys to help generate some of that sound that they, that they have been used to doing and what they want that they feel the band is the band's sound. And, um, and yeah, they, they've, they've brought these people in and, and yeah, we've got the guest spots and we've got a bunch of, a bunch of guest vocalists the same way we did with the first Petra Praise album. Hmm. Well, here really, David is is oh look. Well, we're about to launch into you know where the rubber meets the road. What all of these people getting involved, all of these changes. What's the end result? You know, I mean that's really really the thing to talk about. Whether this contributes to to a whole that is something special, which I have to assume that was on their mind when they said, "Let's do another worship album," because. You know what I recall from the first time that we got a chance to talk to to Bob Hartman. Even back then, he was saying that that first Petra Praise album that was that was a it was a turning point. It was the most special time in his memory 
for for the band that they ever had because of the fruit of ministry that 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 developed out of it um got to imagine that was it was on their minds and hearts that they might do that in a new way for a new season but before especially we get into talking time, about especially at a time when the band is more accepted. The sound is more accepted. Like we talked, Bob, Bob spoke about the the difficulty they had even getting the concept of a worship album over originally. This time around, it's more accepted. More people are doing it, so the fight wouldn't have been there to get the backing of the of the production company. So um, yeah, it, it's 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 certainly a different time period for producing a worship album than the first time around. Mm, that's right. But before we get into the actual album, David, the all-important question has to be asked. What do you think of the cover? Um, yeah, look, it, it's, it's, it's different. You, you, you sort of, you've got this guy holding what is essentially a heart. Um, I guess, you know, you're talking at a time Matt Redman's Heart of Worship would have, was a, a very prominent prominent song around this time period as well. And look, it's, yeah, look, it, it's different. The, we, we, we've gotten away. We've had, we've had the band pictures for a while now. The band picture is gone and in its place is a guy holding a heart. With sort of the, the 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 name of the band and the album title sort of scratched in to the to the to the picture, yeah, yeah. I as a cover, just in general, as a piece of artwork that you might just randomly stick in a frame and hang on your wall, and it's fine. It's not offensive. Um, it's not particularly engaging, but it's there. Um, it, it, it's like a print. It, it's just like a, a a photoshopped or or graphic design print that combines some nice color with some texture and shapes that are a little interesting, but not all that interesting. Um, that you could hang on your wall to fill in a huge blank space on your wall that's bothering you. Um, as a Petra album cover, it I I, I feel disappointed. Um, th- it doesn't. Is, it doesn't really say Petra. It it, it doesn't. Oh, not at it, all. Like it doesn't. We, we have no. Like it's like they they've completely. Like there's a huge rebranding of you know in terms of the 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 type the typeset and the font, um, and you know there's no use of of logo in, in this whole thing. We, we, we're going. If it didn't with have this- the name on it, if it didn't have the name Petra Praise Two emblazoned on the on the front cover, it could have been anyone. It really mm. it could have been any any band, any album, because it just it really doesn't scream this is petra it's me. very generic it's, yes it's it's very generic um and yeah it's i mean i suppose interestingly what it does put me in mind of is um back i don't know if it was you know it was yeah i guess around this this time um some churches that we knew 
um, took a stab at producing their own worship album. And, and I believe one of the big youth camps that was on one year decided we're going to do an album while we're here at the camp. Um, and, and this is the kind of cover that, that you put on those things. Um, it, it cover that doesn't really, you know, it, it, it doesn't, it means we don't have to get everybody together to pose in photographs. Um, and we don't have to really pay, um, an artist to put in a huge amount of work for something. Um, but it's just something that can fill in the space because we've got to put this in a, in a, in a plastic cover and, you know, we don't want it to look hideous. So, um, you know, have some color and some shapes. Um, that's that, but yeah, it, it, it has no character to it. And, and I guess this is the first one that really makes me appreciate, like I can go back and there have been Petra covers that I've not been terribly fond of or not thought were great, but you know what I'm going to say up until this point, at least every cover had some kind of character to it, even no doubt, which I, I didn't, wasn't the greatest of their photo covers or wake up call, which I criticized for being overly photoshopped. At least it was telling a story. Um, you know, it, it captured something of the spirit of the album. Whereas this, you know, it's just a, it's, well, I think I've said it. <laughs> so um, I, I take it by that little, uh, that little comment or those comments that, it's coming in at the bottom of the list. Oh, the yeah. album cover list. Yeah, and I have to agree with that. Yeah, it's um, it's just too generic to to really stand out, and um, it's a shame. So, now that we've got that out of the way, Dave, let's slide on in to listening to Petra Praise Two. We need Jesus, um, and see what this this net result is this collaboration between all of these musos the the end result of all these changes first song we get into uh song of moses um i'm not Written sure by if jimmy cooper yeah, and uh, brian and wooten brian, brian wooten whiteheart yep now i'm not sure if if revelation 15 3 to 4 is actually properly part of the title of the song some people listed as that but Let's just call it the Song of Moses. Um, I'll be up front. It's my favourite song off this album. It's a good song. I, I quite enjoy it. It's um, it's got a, it, you know, it, it starts. It, it's look. I love songs that are scripture put to music. Yes, this is scripture put to music. Very much. So. It, it's and, and 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 I like that. And I like the feel and whether Jim Cooper had sort of put the song forward before he left the band and that's how it came about, whether it's something that they'd held on to and said, look, we want to use it, whether he provided it after he left the band, who knows, but it's got a, it's, it's, it's got that feel to it. Um, I, I like the start. It's got that little sort of tribal drum feel before they bring in the acoustic guitar feel. It's not mm. overly quick. Um, it's sort of got a mid-range pace, but I think the pace and the the lack they don't over mute, don't over instrumentize it allows 
there to be an emphasis on the lyrics and the vocals. Yeah. And um, it allows the lyrics of the song to shine. Yeah. And it's, you know, this, this is a, a very, it's a very well-known passage of scripture in the church. It's been utilised in, in a number of great uh, praise and worship songs. Now, I remember, I don't know if it comes to mind for you, Dave, but a church that we attended together where you were in the band and I used to be at the sound desk, you used to do a song and it was, it was these lyrics, much more upbeat the, um, song though, a real, you know, real fast paced, real sort of soaring anthem type, um, we, we, and I find it interesting because I feel, again, is my first reflection, that this is slightly melancholic in its tone. And I find that odd as number one as a way to start your album, to start your praise and worship album. We're going to be a little bit melancholy. Um, I'll say I love the harmonies, though. I love the, the, this oh, arrangement yes. because it because it allows for these gorgeous harmonies when they reach the, the second refrain, for you alone, you alone are holy. It, it, mm. This is beautifully mixed and it's a beautifully arranged. Um, and, I, and I do really like that. And it's, it follows the, uh, you know, the, the rule, the essential rule of, of, of writing a praise and worship song. It's got to be simple and repeatable so that the congregation can pick it up quick yeah. and join in with you. This does that. Um, and it is the kind of thing that makes me, it does make me want to reflect and engage. Um, but it, yeah, it, it strikes an odd tone um, to, to start off the album. I, I'll have more to say about the order of songs later on. I, I will have more to say. I agree with you. It strikes an interesting tone. Um, one of the things that comes through for me is, and this will be something that we'll see a lot of in this album, is there's a lot of layered guitar. I, I think with Bob really sort of taking on, with no lead keyboard player anymore, and Bob doing the guitars for the album, we see a lot of guitar work and we see a lot of the use of the acoustic and then the electric guitar playing over the top or underneath. Um, and in the second chorus, we see, you know, we hear some electric guitar riffs starting to play throughout and, and it picks up a little bit more, but throughout it, you can hear the, the layering of the guitar. There's, there's acoustic still in there. There's a bit of electric. There's a bit of a mandolin feel at times you know, in there. So they're really putting a prominent hit on that sound, um, on that guitar sound. But, yeah, the the, the song is, is – is, I want to use the term laid back. It, it, it's, it's laid mm -hmm. back yeah, for, for worship. I do feel this has a genuine heart of worship in this song. And, and I think that helps, um, but I'm not sure it was the right song to kick off the album with. And as I said, we'll talk more about that soon, but I just, for Petra, for the, who Petra are and the sound they try to create and the sound that they're known for, you know, I was pretty, I was high, I, I remember being highly critical of the colouring song starting the Never Say Die album. I also was a little bit critical of Not of This World starting the Not of This World album. 
this this again feels that they're missing, they're lacking a bit of punch to to sort of hit get in your face. Petra Praise one was in your face right from the start. Mm-hmm. Now I love the Lord. This one is is that little more laid back. It almost feels like you're already into the worship set, and um, yeah, yeah, you haven't sort of you know launched it yet. So that that's that's my thoughts. Well, we, we roll into, I guess I can't speak for the United States, but I know that the second song on this album, every single church played it every single week for a period of about eight years. It was everywhere you went. And, you know, every now and then today in the churches that I frequent, you'll still hear it. Like once in a blue moon, this still comes up. Lord, I lift your name on high, which... Even when I was younger, I I didn't actually, I was just going to say, even when I was younger, I didn't quite understand why this song caught on the way it did and was everywhere. It was, it was upbeat. It was fun. It was fine. But there were other songs that were better. (laughs) I was like, why are we singing this all the time? But not just that. I mean, it was, it was everywhere, but this song became a staple of, of the live set. I mean, pretty well from this album all the way through mm. until the band retired at Farewell, this song was a part of this set. They played it in their set. So it was obviously a song that resonated well with the band, um, that Bob and John must must have had had a real heart for and real enjoyment for. And, and look, they, they pick it up here. We get some, again, some double and triple A guitars in the intro. It's got a very distinct... What I like is they've they've made the start, they've made the style of this song distinctly theirs. It, it's it's mm, not. Yeah. I've never I've never heard the way it's introed done by anyone else. This is not no. something where they've just gone. It's not it's not something where you can put on a whether it be a, you know another church's album or whatever you know a, a hill song or whatever. Whoever chose to re- record as well, you're not going to hear it played in this way. So it was unique. They came up with a unique style for this song, which was which was their own. Um, some strong um, double and triple layered guitar in the intro. You really, really laying it on. It's it's, it's all through there. Um, John John's vocals really sort of strong in the verse, and then the backing vocals all joining the chorus. It's really got that praise element to it. There's a bit of a syncopated transition. Um, from the chorus into verse two and, and they do some really good vocal work. It is fun. It, it is, it is it, a it is fun, fun song. It is. Look, yeah. I, I think they do it well. Um, it is upbeat. It is, it, it does kind of catch that whole, you know, what's, what should be the hook of this album. It's a rock band doing praise mer- worship as a rock band. That was the first album. Mm. Um, and you can get reflective but you're a rock band. And this this song embodies that. What I will say, and this is something that I find interesting, you know, you commented on, yes, you've got layered guitars at the beginning. And no, I've never heard a church attempt to do this arrangement and this intro the way they do this. But, and here's a kicker, most churches that I've been to who, who utilise a full band could. They could give this arrangement a shot and they could probably pull it off. And that's something interesting because you can't say the same about most of the first album. 
The first album was still mm. utilizing some complex riffs to open the songs with and to and refrains throughout the song. Whereas this is is very simple playing. It's it's strumming chords playing. And that's it's not a dig, it but I just I find that interesting that they they've kept this song really open as a something anyone could do. Well, I think I think it's interesting because I'm going to come back to something we didn't talk about with the album cover because we know that Petra were trying to create the Petra praise was about hey this style of music praise worship we want we want to be appealing to young people. I feel the feeling I get out of this album it, it's that next element of hey like you said these are things that you guys could try and do in your churches and so they're not uh, they're not too complicated with the way they're 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 recorded they're not the riffs and stuff aren't there in a way that can't be replicated and to support that the 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 cover the the album the, for the CD anyway I, I'm assuming it wouldn't have been on the tape but the CD booklet actually contained the sheet music that's for all right. the songs. That's so right. you could play it in church and you could play it at home and you could play along. So I, I do feel there's an element where maybe that's probably part of what they're trying to achieve is this is something that the listeners, the people who are buying it can, can join in. And, and like you said, this is a song that I think a good church band could play a very similar style to this. Mm. Well, we'll keep rolling on. We get into our next um, original song, Bob. The first song that Bob wrote on this album, which he didn't have a whole lot of, of writing credits on the first Praise album, so um, but he's done a few for this one. Be of good cheer. Um, what strikes me, I what I can hear in this song, I very strongly connects to. Um, you know, what I've been hearing in ever since Unseen Power, really. The, the, his, style, his style of songwriting and playing, Unseen Power, Wake Up Call, and no doubt, I, I'm hearing those shades in this song, in his arrangement. Um, and I feel like this is a song that might have had a place on any one of those three albums. This, this is a Petra song. This, in my mind, is the song that should have started the album. This song has a – it's got a great intro. There's, there's some real – it's got a real nice – this is a song with a riff. This is a song that's got a bit of yes, a riff to yes. it. It's not easily replicatable. There's some really good bass work going on in here as well. So this is the first time we're getting some prominence of of the different members really sort of standing out. And, and it, it's, a, it's a really – good um it's not too complicated but it's it's a petra song um i like the way how they back off in the in as they come out of the intro into the verse they back off to the acoustic and you get the you get the 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 start of the song going and then they rebuild it moving into the chorus and bob just he really rocks this song um the song really fits john's vocal style um, there's a nice little musical interlude in the in the after the second chorus. It's simple, but it leads into a great coda, and uh, that has a real rock feel to it. Um, 
I would have loved to have had a, a guitar solo in here. I think this song would have really benefited from a guitar solo. I love my guitar solos. I love my Bob Hartman guitar solos. But it has a really good finish too, nice and tight. Louis given some freedom. And like I said, this song to me should have launched the album. This is this is a Petra worship song and what it should have been. I do agree. Um, I do. My reflection, I, I find the melody of the song a little repetitive, um, a little simplistic and a little repetitive. And I know, like I just got through saying that that's a good thing when you're wanting a, um, a congregation to pick it up and join in. But I've got a little bit of that cognitive dissonance because, as you've been saying, this is one guitar solo away from just being a petrol rock song that could have been on any other album. Um, uh, so, but look, it, it, it's good. It, it's, it's got a good feel. It's got a good, good upbeat. Um, and I completely agree. It, this, this was the natural choice to, to open the album with. And, and see, so you, you, you think, and, and you, you think if you put this song first, with Lord, I lift your name on high second and maybe move Song of Moses into the third song slot, I think you've got a bit of a progression there of the outward rock, we're going to praise and lift his name, and then we're going to start to move into mm. the, the heartfelt stuff. I, I just feel it would have had a better structure to it there. That's just my thoughts on those first round. We'll talk more about song yeah. layouts later, but, yeah, well, that's, yeah. Let's look, looking at Show Your Power, now I'm, I think... I recognise this as one that we played in churches. Do, do you? I'm, I'm not 100% no, I, sure. No, I, I, I don't remember ever doing this song in, in, okay. in church. I, look, I recognise the, the the songwriter's name. Kevin Prosh, was, uh, he was fairly well known as... I have heard of, I have heard it on other albums. I have heard uh, maybe, Kevin maybe Prosh. That's what I'm, maybe that's what I'm thinking Kevin, about then. Yeah, Kevin Prosh. I've heard it on one of Kevin Prosh's albums. So that's and we 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 played some of those. I never sung it in church myself, but I certainly had heard it on another album. Um, but this is look, and there's nothing overtly that that um, they don't do a huge amount to to change like what I remember the song being from from other albums. It's and you know it's that sort of thing of, you know, just John singing the verses and then everyone in together for the chorus because, you know, we're, we're doing a praise and worship moment here. But what I will say, and this song is really where I start to notice it the most, and it, it carries on through the rest of the album, but it's they are making choices about um, the musical arrangement some of the chords shifting slightly to minor or diminished sounds and harmonies that, you know, I used melancholy in the first song and it, it starts to seep through again in the arrangements of, of other songs throughout the album, which I find strange. Um, I'm, I'm a melancholy person by nature, so I do... You know, the, the joke is that sad is, is feeling happy for deep people. Um, and, I, and I get that. But I, I, I don't 
want to indulge that when I'm coming before the throne of God. And you know, if, if I want to come to God sad, then I want to be confessing something. And, and I just want to have a moment in, in God's presence. If I'm going to proclaim to God, show your power, I want it to be bright and loud and anthemic with my arms in the air and, and, and full of energy. I want my feet to be lifted off the ground. Um, so this is where the arrangements on the album start to become something that feel a little odd for me. Yeah, look, it's, um, it, it does, it doesn't seem to hit the heights it could. I think, I think I, I feel where you're coming from. They, they really utilize the call and response style of the song here with John sort of leading and, and we get our first taste of the choir. Now, I was very critical on Petra Praise, The Rock Cries Out, for the overuse of the choir to the point that the vocals drowned out what John was doing and John's mm. vocals. You just couldn't, you couldn't hear John half the time over the choir. I like the balance they pull in this album. We do get the choir at times, but John's vocals are carrying everything. And it's the way it should be. Here they utilize that. The John is leading. We get the backing vocals as the response, the, 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 the singing back. Um, they keep it simple. They all come together for the show your power. And I, I agree. It could have, it could have gone stronger. It could have gone bigger. Um, they do keep it simple to try and let the words do their work. But I, I think that it could have, it could have been a, a little bit more powerful. And, um, it's something that I wonder, and I'm going to raise this on the next song as well. There are some songs that perhaps work better live as you get the congregation, the audience, the crowd, whoever's singing along, joining in, and it lifts, helps lift a song up. And I wonder if this is one of those sorts of songs that singing in a studio you, you're going to keep at a certain level. And when you're with an audience or a crowd or a congregation, people who are worshipping with you, it brings you to an extra level and allows you to rise up and really take a song like this to a higher level. And I wonder if that's something that could have been considered. Maybe that's what's missing, is missing maybe a bit of a life feel to it. I think you may be onto something there. Um, and I think the next song is, is, is really great. Example, something to consider in that regard. Um, I love you, Lord. Is another very well-known one for me and for my context, and I, I'm sure for you. I remember this one stretches all the way back to, you know, the early scripture in songbooks. Um, well, this is this is from com- the same genre is, as as I exalt thee. This is yes, the same yeah, time periods as, same, as I yeah. exalt thee, and, and it has a very similar approach to what they do with I Exalt Thee in the, in the first album. And this, but the difference here is this is studio, whereas Petra Praise, they did I Exalt Thee with the live feel. And this song, I think, would really have benefited from a live feel. I, I do agree. I, I mean, I definitely agree with that, but I, I, I will throw in something else and a difference between how they approach this and how they approached I Exalt Thee, that even for Petra being who they were and the kind of music they played, their 
their rendition of I Exalt Thee was a fairly straightforward, we are just playing the music that people play in church. Um, we're just, but we're bringing it up and we're bringing this, this huge congregation with us. But it was, mm. it was very straight sticking to the chords that were written for the original music sticking to the melodies and then John hits those massive high, high parts. Powerful. Love it. I love you. Lord should have a similar thing. This is comes from a little family of those older songs where you're doing more with, with less creating spaces where we're just sustaining notes and sustaining chords for for a stretch what they do here they've got an arrangement where they're they're futzing around with with the chords and they're doing odd transitions coming out of the chorus before you go back into the verse they modulate into a minor before going back into the verse and it really throws the feel of the song way out it they they're really overcomplicating. Um, this rendition of I Love You, Lord, I, I think. And, and the song is becoming too busy. It's interesting because the harmonies in those moments are quite beautiful. It is, it is a, a lovely musical transition, but I'd rather hear it in a different song. And I think they, I think they flipped the way they did their vocals because they start with the choir. The choir do the first verse. What I do like about this song is, is Louis' drum lead in, the, the drum beat that they've got going to start, and that would have been fantastic. Can you imagine that live? That would have been fantastic hearing that. Mm-hmm. But I would have preferred John start it and the choir come and build it and take it up a little bit rather than the choir starts it. And then in the second verse you get, John's sort of doing some echoes and free worship. And then he just, then we just go back to like John on his own for the third one. And I think they've just got it all mixed around the wrong way. And I think mm. they should have kept the, 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 the choir for the latter verse, the latter chorus, sorry. And, and let John come in with those drums at the beginning and, 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 and lead it from there. Mm. Mm. No, it's yeah, it's it's interesting. I am going to be fascinated to hear what people people responding to this and what they think. But let's carry on. Uh, our next uh, original song on the album, "The Holiest Name," um, written by Mister Bob Hartman. Well, what did you think of this one, Dave? Um, you know, I actually I actually quite like this song. It's it's not bad. I um. I, I like that there's that all in start to feel and then they go back again. We get this this acoustic sound with electric bits in and out. There's a bit of keys there. Um, the choir's around, but they don't overpower it. But look, I I quite like the feel to the to the to the words, the lyrics here. There's a real praise element to it. They're, they're declaring the name of, of of the Lord, the holiest name, you know. Um, uh, and 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 it's it's a very much a declaration, and I quite like what's been written. It, it's 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 tight, um, 
and I quite enjoy that they come back for the reprise that they, they sort of faded out and then they rebuild it back in. And this song, it sounds like they're having fun. Sounds like the band are having a bit of fun together. They're, they're enjoying what they're doing and it's, um, and when it sounds like they're enjoying what they're doing and they're, and they're bringing that praise element to it, it, it helps you pick up that, that joy. This, to me, this is a bit of a joyful song. And I, I don't mind this song. I, I agree. I agree. I, I think, um, and I think there's an element of this for all of the songs that Bob writes on this album. It, it, they're, they're writing a, a, a very fine line between being a song, like, a congregational song and a performative song. Um, uh, yeah, there are just some things that are just a little, a little harder to, to for a congregation to easily pick up than your average praise and worship song. That's not a huge dig. Um, I'm I'm with you, but again, a, a reflection that I have of this is that it could have been this could have been on, no doubt, or wake up call, or unseen mm. power. I'd have happily had it or, or a, you know, another, you know, original album of the nineties for Petra. Um, but it, it is, it, it, it is a fine song. <laughs> Certainly I can say that is, um, you know, I, 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 I have no, no real issues with, with, with the holiest name. So, Coming out of that, we're back into um, something from the wider world of praise and worship. Let Our Voices Rise Like Incense by Linda Whitmer-Bell. Uh, and that's a name I'm not familiar with as a songwriter, but obviously we, we, have, this, we have this song. Um, what are your thoughts on this one, Dave? This to me, very much harkens back to some of the stuff they were doing on the last Praise album, Praise and Worship album. Mm. You, you, this is a very choir. The choir is overly prominent in this song, to my, in my mind. Um, there's a bit of a keyboard lead here, and it gets me going. Who's who's sort of leading here? We, we're getting a very different on an album that is so guitar dominated with that acoustic. Um, electric layering to have a song that's led by a keyboard sort of stands out and jumps in your face for a minute. But um, yeah, the choir feel is just very prominent. The one thing I really like about this song is John uses his low range at the start. And I've really come to when John uses that low range, it, it, it has such a different feel. It mm. really creates a different mm. level. And um I, I've really grown to appreciate John's lower range. And I may I remember saying on Petra Praise, The Rock Cries Out, I wanted to hear more of it. Um, I wish he did it more. And we get a little bit of it here. It, yeah. It's nice. But unfortunately, I feel the choir, this is a song where the choir starts to overrun him. And um, <laughs> that that I don't like. No, I, I, I appreciate your point there, but I, I do agree on what I will say that I, I really, really like about this is that when I listen to this song, I'm, I'm back in Petra Praise the Rock Cries Out. This, this is so perfectly recapturing the feel 
from that album. And that that's something that I really dig. Um, uh, yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, it's it's a nice that's that's from a kind of the fa- a family of praise and worship songs that churches that I went to didn't do quite as much because it requires you know because that's not just arrangements in that the band have come up with often the harmonies and and the round um, you know the people singing at different times and stuff like that. Um, is actually part of what's built into the song. And you need congregations who can handle that. And American churches, a lot of you have choirs who put in a lot of effort to learn this stuff and your choirs lead your churches. Australian churches do not have choirs. Australian churches have one guy sitting at a piano or maybe a singer. These days it's a guitar. Um, uh, but no, it's the, the, the congregation is all you've got. Um, and you'll, you'll have like a whole congregation singing the one thing. And then like one, you know, 62 year old woman who loves to sing, who's just doing harmonies on her own loud enough so that the entire church can hear. That's what we get over here. <laughs> um, we can't pull off songs like let our voices rise like incense as much as I would. Uh, I wish that we, we could have. What we can do and what we did, another song that was played every single Sunday in every single church, not for eight years this time, maybe only for like four years, was Ancient of Days. Dave, you remember Ancient of Days. I I remember playing this song. When, when I first heard this album, this was the one song that I really knew quite well, that, I, yeah. that I'd already been playing it for a while in our church. Um, so this song really sort of stuck out to me. It's like, oh, I really know this song. Some of the others I, I knew okay, but this one I really knew. So, um, and again, we get a different, we get a different feel. The, the way they start it, the, the, the straight out sort of like the, the, the one-off guitar, the, the, the chords, the down, now, 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 now. And I love the, I do love that what, what Bob does in there. Um, I really like the organ coming in up under it in that intro and uh, they get that organ feel and it's just, it's, it's, it's played different to the way we played it, the way I'd heard it. So it does stand out again, some nice layers of electric and acoustic. This is becoming a common thread on this album. Mm -hmm. Uh, Bob is really getting a lot of shine. Um, The second verse you really get you get to hear if you listen carefully. You can hear Lonnie's bass starting to get a bit of shine as well. So it's really good in there. Um, look, you know, at the end of the song, the backing vocals are sort of coming in well, and and John is singing over them, and that nice. But it sort of starts and finishes. It, it's very much the two and a half. Let's do the church two and a half feel, and we're done. This, this song I felt could have benefited from a little bit more, maybe doing that final chorus a couple of extra times or throwing in a bit of a musical interlude or a keyboard or a guitar little, I'm not about a solo, like a wailing solo, but a bit of a musical sort of maybe playing the notes without any vocals. I don't know. I I think it could have benefited from having something more because it felt like it was over before it was, before it needed to be. Thought they could have taken it a little bit longer. Yeah. Oh, fair enough. I, I gotta say, um, 
I I prefer the way the church that we attended played this song. <laughs> um, whether they'd heard the arrangement that they 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 worked out for that somewhere else, or whether they came up with it there, that was that was. This is one of those hard times when I'm like my my link to the song is so firmly rooted in learning to play what that church had taught that song to be. Um, and I can't handle it when, when it's different. So, um, but, but I will say, you know, you know, they, at least they keep this, this, this song, it does keep up a good energy. Um, and that melancholy is kind of lifted out for a moment. It's actually not really as as heavy at all on this on this particular song on the album. Mm. Well, um, speaking about bringing energy, well, the, yes. the next song really lifts the energy levels. Yes, melancholy is right out the window for this one. I suppose I should, I should, yeah, like I don't need to complain too much there. I waited for the Lord on high. I'm not familiar with this one apart from this album. So I hadn't heard it before, um, but this could easily have been a, a Petra song. Um, oh, this, uh, this on so was, many this of their albums. This, this, this is great. Was, this was great. I really this like great. this. This is one of the highlights of the album for me. Um, you know, it is pumping at the start. The electric's going. It's double layered electric guitar, and I think that sounds really good. And then they layered John's vocal. If you listen carefully, John sings up and down. He sings up the octave and down the octave, and it makes it works. It really, really works. Um, uh, they let it drive. It pumps. Louis gets a bit of shine in this one. Um, this is a song that 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 really brings that rock feel. This is one of the few songs that really has that Petra sound that you used to. But again, I feel it's a little short. And this song, I think, would have been the great opportunity to let Bob just go. They let him go in the intro. Why couldn't they have let him go? They have a little short musical interlude. Why couldn't they have extended that out with a bit of Bob being Bob and let him really take it to another level? This song had, I think this song had a lot of potential to be an exceptional song for the album. Um, and it just gets cut a little short in my mind. Mm. Yeah. No, I, I, I can, I can see that. Although I, I want, like you talk about, you know, Bob cutting loose a little bit for this one. And yes, I, I would have liked to have heard that, but I, I, from what you sort of said at the beginning about the background and the lead up to this album and, and particularly parting ways with people who, who couldn't cap, couldn't share the vision um, for doing a, a, a Petra praise album. I wonder if that's something that's kind of playing in as a factor there. Like we're, we're not doing showy. We're not doing showy this yeah. album because we are a praise album. Um, we want the focus isn't, on God. Yeah. This, yeah. This is a space for, for that. Um, and if there's one thing that we've learned, the one thing that I, I really feel, maybe I, I speak for both of us, but if there's one thing that really stood out to, to, to both of us, to me, when we interviewed him, um, both times we interviewed him, 
was that his heart for God is just at the absolute forefront. Like he, he is not about being a showman. He is about mm. bringing his gifts and his talents and honoring yes. God. And so if their heart was, we just want this to be about God, then that would certainly account for some of the musical choices. Well, that, that heart is on, is on full display in, in the next song on this album, his, uh, his next contribution, Lovely Lord. Um, I mean, this has got just so many hallmarks of, of Bob's style of writing, of songwriting. Um, it, again, it tips, it, it's, it's a line that I feel tips almost more towards just being a performative song than a congregational song. Um, but not, you know, that's, that's not something that makes me sort of say this shouldn't be on the chorus for the song certainly feels like a, uh, a congregational chorus and, mm. um, and it's, you know, it's lyrically quite beautiful. I, I, this is, I think more so than his other efforts on this album, this is where his skill as a lyricist is is more on display. Yeah, no, this is um, this is certainly a, a very strong lyrical song. Um, I love that. What I love is that each verse looks at a different element of who God is. Um, the first verse is sort of sort of very much tying into that psalm you know god is full of you know compassion and grace and mercy and it's about the banner of love and he's lovely lord but then he's as bright as the sunrise and all glory is there he you know sort of looking at creation and then lovely lord then we're going to worship the name of the holiest one and worship him um so really sort of i just feel each verse just ties a different element to to the um to the song and um and it's um it, it creates a, um a nice real feel to it there's some real good musical stuff going on in this song um because he, he's playing he's picking the acoustic guitar at the stuff and there's a nice pad but it almost sounds like there's a mandolin happening at times and then in the last verse the keyboards almost sound almost like a little bit of a bagpipe sound like a like a piped in sort of feel so really getting a bit of a variety of sound in this song which is good it gives it a bit of little bit of, of, hmm. of difference from what we've heard in the previous ones yeah some, some texture to it that's that's quite welcome at this point I, I agree um yeah a nice entry um I actually I would actually contest that it, this it kind of defies the typical Petra trend although the the original praise album did this too but you know, normally this section of the album is the songs that don't make as much of a of an impact. Whereas this this is a song that I'm like, you know, I'll, no, I, I'm 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 noting this one a little bit. It's 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 a it's it's almost a nice little elevation um, at this point in the album. Um, we're on the home track now, uh, like the original Petra Praise album. We we're, we're going to work in a, a medley. Um, uh, I can't remember, was that original medley? Was that just another three song, um, compilation they did or, or, um, I, I'm assuming it was cause most medleys are, 
but um, uh, they're, they're throwing one in here to um, only by grace to him who sits on the throne and you are holy. Um, look, once yeah, it's it's a nice it's a nice combination of songs, and um, I've got some real there's some bits of this that I really like in this um in this medley. The the previous medley was only two songs on Petra Praise, The Rock Cries Out. This one we've right. got three. Um, we launch him with the choir. Here it is again. We've got that feel from Petra Praise. We've got the choir coming in, but you can really hear John a bit more in the background there. Um, and then in the, in the second verse, he sort of starts to really come to the forefront. But what I love in this song is the transition between the three songs. Um, the, the transition on Petra Praise felt a bit stunted. You had that drum sort of, all of a sudden it changed feel in the middle of that, the, in the previous medley. But this medley, the transition is, is quite smooth and um, it almost sounds like it's the same song and it, it creates a greater bit of build when they move into to, to him who sits on the throne. Um, uh, the, the choir start providing more stuff underneath as John gets sort of more prominent and then the transition into, into your holy is seamless as well. John just sort of carries that with a bit of the electric guitar underneath and um, you, again, you're getting it some different feels. You've got some of that shakers sound underneath and, and the mandolins rocking a little bit. Um, you know, for you, a holy, the, the last part of it, the words are straight out of, of Revelation um, and it really feels like you've got the hosts of heaven rising up around the throne. That was the, that was the feeling I got listening to it is that the heavenly hosts rising up around the, around the throne and then they they bring about this the reprise again. They they rebuild the song. They sort of back it off and then rebuild it at the end. And and then they let oh my goodness, Lonnie gets let loose on the bass. He's just pumping away at the end of the song. So it, it's got. I feel this medley is a lot tighter and and and, and a lot smoother than the one that we got in Petra Praise the Rock Cries Out. Hmm. Mm. I think that's that's really well said. Um, yeah, I'm 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 yeah I'm I'm on board for for this whole piece. And as I said, I think the, the big strength of it is is how it it, it feels. This is this feels like one song, um, and that's yeah that's that's a real you know, that's a testament to skillful producing and arranging and and you know the skill of of a great band. Um, and uh, and all those who who contributed along with them, um, and that brings us to the epic conclusion of this album, uh, a song that I'm just going to say this is not a praise and worship song. Oh, no, this is not a congregational song at all. Um, but it is, you know, this, the, the album drew its title from this one. We need Jesus. Um, this is this is John and Dino's obligatory contribution to to songwriting on the album. Um, you know, they they always have to have some input there. But on on top of that, it's not just um, writing contribution because John is one of the three 
vocalists. Three, three, three lead vocalists for this one, which now th- this actually is an interesting dynamic that, uh, you know, is phenomenally rare for, for, for Petra to do stuff like this, but it's, it's that thing. Cause you really know, um, you know, normally John does a lead and then he might bring in some harmonies. Um, and that's how you differentiate something. So stop singing and someone else takes over the lead. Um, it's notable. It's very notable. And not just anyone. So you've got, um, and, and Bob, Bob really sort of highlights this in his, um, in the, uh, more power to devotional. This is the last um, song that gets covered in the more power to devotional, but you've got John Schlitt who, you know, from head East um, was involved. You've got um, John Elefante singing. And the third singer is Lou Graham from foreigner. And, um, and so Bob really sort of talks about, can you imagine like, yeah, just having these three vocals, but you know, yeah, a foreigners vocalist and head East vocalist, you know, sort of coming out of the backgrounds they'd had to be to be singing this song together, um, really sort of puts an emphasis on on what this song is about, which is the desire to reach out and it's yeah, the world needs Jesus. We need to be sharing that with the world. It's 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 not a it's not a worship song, but it's it's the cry of the album. The whole album has been about lifting Jesus's name up, but we're going to finish it with a call to the church. Um, to get out there and share Jesus with everyone, and they, and the and that the way they do it is just fantastic. Each singing a line of the song, and and then singing together, um, bringing it together into the coming into the chorus. It's just fantastic, and they they keep the song simple musically. We have an acoustic guitar, yeah. a little yeah. bit of bass, and the drums, and that's it. And we don't it. overly complicate it. We let these vocalists shine. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, they, you know, they do add a little bit of, you know, sort of underlying organ stuff. But the imprint of this song is we need to be sharing Jesus with the world yeah. because they need him. And I think it's, it's a great way to finish. Um, I've always loved this song. I love the sound of it. I love the simplicity of it. And at the same time, the complexity of the vocals by utilizing the three leads, sharing it and letting them harmonize together just has such a powerful, a powerful hit. Um, Yeah. This is, this is the, this is the, the challenge to the church. This is what you should be doing guys. Get out there and do it. This to me marks the real um, so most of what I reflected on throughout this album like in some level most of the songs reflected something of Petra that I recognized most of it from the 90s some of it from that first Petra praise album there were these there were these links that I was like I can I can hear Petra it's the Petra sound I've got it but there are two songs on this album where the change in personnel, I, I have to assume it's the change in personnel um, and possibly in approach to recording, um, create a real, real change in sound. And that's the first song and the last song. 
I've only just put together, I realise, actually what it puts me in mind of is Double Take, the feel mm. that they had for their arrangements on Double Take. Um, that's not me just ripping on this at all. Um, I, I agree with you in, in terms of We Need Jesus just being a, a, a solid song with a great message um, and a wonderful and you know I, i'd never made that link before about this idea of, of some guys who had been you know in the in the standard rock music scene and had come out of that into into faith and and discipleship with jesus um singing a song together about you know bringing jesus to the world like yeah that's you know, that's a, that's a pretty pretty potent image. Um, so that, on the whole, Dave, <coughs> you know, what do you think is 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 the legacy of Petra Praise two? Does this does this echo down the ages as as a classic of Petra? I'm. Um- Look, for me, this album had a lot of potential. We've, we've highlighted that some of the songs have a real good feel to them or a great intro or, um, you know, lyrically they're, they're re- it's a really well put together worship song or whatever. But the one thing that really sort of sticks out to me is, is a lot of the songs sound very similar there's a lot of layered guitars with acoustic taking that that forefront which is okay especially for a guitarist like me i quite like that but i feel that it's missing something it has potential but it but it's not quite nailing it and i think it's what i shared earlier i really feel this album would have benefited from maybe a couple of live um songs like a couple of live tracks these songs the songs that they did but doing them live or vice or, or maybe a whole different line the whole album being a live album feel um and i know that's harder to do especially when you're putting it together but i mean we came we've we come to hear in the in the following years we hear michael w smith his worship album is completely live so is his second one um third day do live worship um other other artists do these live worship albums and um and there's something special about it when they're live because it brings it, it allows those who are there on that journey with them to enter into that worship and i think when you're performing it live it takes you to another level in terms of your heart of worship and 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 what you what you bring to the table i think they they weren't wanting to let let it be overrun with guitar solos and 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 flashiness, and I accept that. Um, but I feel that that it at times sounded in keeping with the studio feel. They didn't let it go to levels of praise and worship that it could have vocally, and um, and I feel that's where this album doesn't quite meet it where it could have gone, and. Uh, yeah, so it's it sort of it's one of those albums that to me has all the potential to have been awesome. I I like that they let John 
and the band's vocals shine more in this than they did in the previous album, the previous Worship album. But I feel musically and and the level, the the the, the heights it could have reached, it didn't quite get there. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So, where do you feel this album sits on the grand list of 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 Petra albums? Look, I I feel that this album. I don't think this is at the bottom of the list. Okay. I, I, I don't. I don't. I, I. I'm. I don't think it sits the bottom of the list. But I also. I don't think it's as good as No Doubt was last time around. Um. I actually feel that probably. I'd probably slot this scene in between Come and Join Us and Back to the Street. I think that it's better than Beat the System and the and the first two albums, Petra and Come and Join Us. But I don't feel. I think what it lacks musically, you know, the lack of guitar solos, the lack of power, and I feel the dis- the disjointed song order uh, uh, to me has 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 an impact there as well. I, I would probably slot this in between Back to the Street and Come and Join Us. Okay. What do you uh, think? Um, prior to this discussion, I probably just would have said it's it's going straight to the bottom for me um it's it's the, the the weakest in some ways the most disappointing entry um however i recognize that going over this a lot of my reflections were oh man that that puts me in mind of this song a lot of the individual songs as i thought about them i really like what they did and i really enjoyed listening to it and i realized that my my issue is not so much um overall lack of of something in all the songs on the album, it's the fact that the way the songs have been arranged, organized on the album, the song order yep. um, puts me in a place where I'm not along for a ride for yes. the whole album. Um, I, you know, if I hear a song, I can be in it. And yeah. But mm. it's very easily for me to disconnect from the album as a whole. Um, and so I think on reflection that actually I would I I elevated a bit because some of the work they're doing is 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 really solid on this album and there's some really good bits. Um, is it better than Come and Join Us? Um, I, I suppose I mean part part of what I'm asking myself there is is if I had the choice of the two albums. Which would I sit and listen to? I mean, I'd choose "Come and Join Us," but um, I, I think you may be—I think you may be right in in positioning it where you have. Um, yeah, this is this is possibly the hardest one I've ever had to think about in that regard. So that brings up Petra Praise 2 then in at 14, number 14 it's going to sit in at um, as we as we enter this this backlog. Now, clearly, um, uh, our, our song list, as I said, number 14, coming in behind Back to the Street and um, and above Come and Join Us. And um, just, just going over our top five albums at the moment are still beyond belief. This means war captured in time and space, more power to you and Petra praise. 
Um, no song really jumps out at me as gonna as gonna as gonna hit the the overall best twenty five song list or really the the John Schlitt top twenty five. I can't see anything really blazing its way into the the playlists there. Um, do you agree with that? Ah, uh, yes, I totally do. Okay, but we do have essentially now. There's a lot of non-Bob songs, but we've got two original songs that Bob Hartman was not involved in writing for this album, and that's "Song of Moses" and "We Need Jesus." And we've got our non-Bob song playlist as well. And um, just having a look at this list, I, I think you know there, there's there's some conversations here. Um, "Song of Moses." Um, I, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna start having a look at some of the songs in this list now. I, I don't think "Song of Moses" is a better song than "Let Everything That Have Breath" or "Without Him We Can Do Nothing." Um, what about a song like "Praying Man" or "Who's on the Lord's Side"? How do you how do you see "We Need um, Song of Moses" and "We Need Jesus" compared to those songs? Hmm. We need Jesus. I think I would put above "Praying Man" easily. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Song of Moses. I don't think Song of Moses, though, and I don't think Song of Moses above who's on the Lord's side. What about Occupy? Actually, I quite like Occupy. uh, Oh, yeah, I'm not putting it above Occupy. Magic Words off the Washes Whiter Than album. Oh, gosh. You put me on the spot because I can't recall magic words, which should tell me something about how I feel. And, about and that maybe, song. and maybe, and maybe that's where maybe that's where it comes in because for 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 whether for some of the the detriments we talked about, it is uh, it is a memorable song. It is one that you go, mm. I do remember oh, yeah. that one. Yeah. So I slot it in there, um, and just coming back to um, Song of Moses. No, sorry, that was Song of sorry, Moses. We're talking about not We Need Jesus. Coming back to We Need Jesus, um, above Praying Man is We Hold Our Hearts Out to You. I I put We Need Jesus above We Hold Our Hearts Out to You. Yeah. And then we, hit, then we hit the trilogy. Then we hit Without Him We Can Do Nothing. Yeah, no. No, that, that, we've reached the ceiling. Nothing. Yeah. I don't want things to beat the trilogy anymore. <laughs> So there we go. So we've got our, 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 our it's the, 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 uh, the non-Bob song list. We need Jesus comes in at number 13. Okay. So, uh, but there it is. But yeah, like, like I said, we're not going to be having any, any major changes to our playlist. I'm not going to go through them all today. We're going to be, we're going to be, um, we're coming to the end of this journey soon. We're going to be looking at that. It'll be interesting to see if anything in the next couple of albums hits these playlists. But look, there'll be a lot of people who probably sit there and say, no, nah, no chance. But as we look at each album, I think we've seen at times there's some songs just suddenly surprise you. So I'm very interested to see where things go over the next time, because we've, we've, we've praised Jesus. Um, we've really brought the praise element tonight, but I think next time we're going to be fixating on God a little bit more, really going to put our eyes on him and fixate on what's going on. That, that sounds like a good transition as any. I'm looking forward because um, I haven't fixated for quite some time. In fact, I haven't fixated since uh, I think 
the very, very beginning when uh, that album was released. Um, so this, from this point forward, um, there's almost an element of discovery for me in, in, in carrying on this part of it. So um, this, this will be interesting. My, my responses and reactions will be a little fresher. Um, and I think, I think the next few albums are going to be very interesting because we're hitting a, a very a massive time in, for a lot of Petra fans, there's a lot of looking down on, on the albums that are coming up because this was the new band. We're, we're going to have a lot more changes to talk about next time around. And for a lot of people, that those changes led to, not only led to a change of personnel, but a change of feel for, for the way they were recording. And for a lot of Petra fans, they didn't like what they were hearing. And so the next couple of albums are, have, have been certainly the, the, the topic of a lot of heated conversations about where they sit. Um, there's a lot of negativity, especially towards the second of the two albums that we'll be talking about next. But um, I think the next, this next album, next time around, God Fixation, I think it could be very interesting because I think there is quite a lot of good on that album. Um, and I think I'll be very interested to see where the conversations go. Mm. Yeah. Well, I look forward to finding out myself. Uh, in the meantime, as always, if you want to weigh in on what we've been discussing, if you disagree with us, if you have other insights, if you just want to share your memories, please reach out to us. You'll find us on Facebook, on Rock the Petrospective. Uh, we welcome your interactions as a community there. If you'd like to reach us directly, we mean rock at gmail.com is the email address to send us to. Um, we'd love to hear from you. Thanks so much for coming along once again this week. Everybody, listen to God Fixation before you come to the next one because you want it all fresh in your minds as we discuss it. And until then, for On Rock, The Petrospective, I'm Lindsay Hall. And I'm Dave Hall. And we will catch you then. I'm well.